Star Wars 7x7 episode 392. Today we wrap up our mini-series on the historical influences on Star Wars by wondering about the sequel trilogy. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and as a quick refresher, episodes 390 and 391, before this one focused on the historical influences on first the original trilogy, and secondly on the prequel trilogy. Again, for those of you who are just joining us, (laughs) there are tons of different things that have been written and recorded and whatnot about the mythological influences on the Star Wars movies, Joseph Campbell and the Hero with a Thousand Faces, and so on and so forth. But comparatively speaking, there's been precious little about the historical influences on the Star Wars movies. And there is actually a book called Star Wars and History that was released in November of 2012 that has 11 different uh, scholarly essays about different historical influences on the events of both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And we were exploring this idea at the behest of one of our patrons, Fred Butler. So uh, I did get to hear from him, and he complimented us on our very quick response and bringing these podcast episodes uh, to light. So you're very welcome, Fred, and thank you so much for the suggestion. It's been really fascinating to explore as a podcaster, and I hope that uh, for the rest of the audience that uh, you guys have all enjoyed it. You guys and gals both have enjoyed the uh, little bit of a dive into historical events. Here's the thing. The question when it was posed seemed innocuous enough uh, about historical influences. I mean, you know, there was, of course, as we've mentioned in the two other podcasts, the Vietnam War influence on Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks with their lack of technology being able to dominate the stormtroopers and their utter mastery of technology, or <laughs> I guess you could say mastery of technology, but technically <laughs> they were pretty inept at it, but uh, I guess that's sort of just, uh, beside the point, but... What it got me thinking about was the sequel trilogy, and of course The Force Awakens that we're about to get, but also Episode 8 and Episode 9. And when George Lucas was formulating his ideas for the trilogies, the one thing that stuck out in my mind that he used to say about the sequel trilogy is that it was intended to be more ethereal in nature. Now, when I had heard that, I thought it meant light or airy, and I thought that that was kind of unusual to depict the following three Star Wars movies in such a manner. And so I went ahead and looked it up in case there were other definitions I was missing, and it turns out there is. It does mean light or airy, but it also could mean extremely delicate or refined, as in ethereal beauty, or heavenly or celestial, as in someone going to his ethereal home. And... And also, that's of or relating to the upper regions of space, which could also be relevant here in this regard. This is from uh, dictionary.reference.com, in case you're wondering. Now, that to me is really intriguing. And before we go any further, I have to acknowledge, I know there are some of you out there that are just not fans of the prequel trilogy. And that's okay. I mean, the gamut of it is pretty wide. It runs from, say, you know, a friend of the podcast and patron Tim McMahon, who has often referred to the prequel trilogy as a missed opportunity, uh, to people who just downright wish and pretend that the prequel trilogy never existed. So say what you want about it, but the fact of the matter is the only real issue is in the execution. The actual story itself 
is darn solid. And Lucas knew what he was doing with story. And so he worked on treatments for the sequel trilogy before he sold Lucasfilm to Disney. And yet, in January of 2015, when he was doing a promotional stuff for the movie Strange Magic, he revealed that the movies that Disney is making, that Lucasfilm without Lucas is making, are different from the movies that he had envisioned and that he handed off. And I think about the Vanity Fair article where they talked about J.J. Abrams and Larry Kasdan reworking the script after Michael Arndt left the project and basically rebuilding things from minute one. And in light of these last couple of episodes of the podcast where I've talked about historical influences and all of those other little pieces of the way this whole Force Awakens puzzle is coming together, for the first time I have actually started to get a little nervous about The Force Awakens because... I know that J.J. Abrams and Larry Kasdan can tell a good story, they can entertain us, they can give us a good ride, they have a feel for the characters in the universe and all of that wonderful stuff. But what I don't know and that I just I don't have a sense about is how deeply grounded Abrams and Kasdan are in mythology and history. Whether this is something that has even crossed their minds, is it important to them just as stuff that they want to learn about in their own lives, let alone bring in to the works of art that they're creating, I have no sense of this at all. Now, if you happen to have a sense of this, or you think that by looking at J.J. Abrams' work or Larry Kasdan's work that you can tell me that you think that they are students of history or mythology or that they would certainly be willing to be such if they are not now in the service of creating a tremendous Star Wars movie, then chime into the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. But yeah, I'm a little nervous. I don't know how else to put it. And I know I talked about managing expectations earlier this week on the podcast, but the reason our expectations are so high and have to be managed is because of what an astounding creation Lucas made in the 70s and early 80s. We have tons to expect and they have tons to live up to. There is really no escaping the matter. And I have very little doubts at all about them being able to give us an enjoyable ride in the theater. But now what I'm wondering, and I think this is even more important than anything else, is whether they've got the chops to be able to create the same kind of resonance in three separate generations of Star Wars fans. It's a daunting task. All right, here's your trivia before we go. Your feeble skills are no match for the power of the dark side. Last time we asked you, what is the first alien species seen in Star Wars, a.k.a. in New Hope? And those were Jawas. Today's question, who hooked himself to the bulkhead before daring to open the Falcon's top hatch? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you shut down all the garbage smashers on the detention level, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com slash sw7x7. It's not your cursed metal body, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!